We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Hope everyone's doing well after uh, another fun-filled week of college football. Week two is in the books. Um, <clears throat> like I said before on my uh, previous episode, my wife was in a wedding this past Saturday, so my college football viewing for the week was minimal. Still, nonetheless, got to see, hopefully hopefully you guys enjoyed my interview with Colton Corn from Coastal Carolina. A lot of fun doing that. Got to see the Coastal game Friday night. Got to watch them beat down the Kansas Jayhawks. A great power, a good power five win for Coastal Carolina. I know a lot of people are going to gonna say, oh, it's only Kansas, but that Kansas team is going to get better. And you saw in that game that they that's they're better than than what they've been. Coach Leopold is a great coach, and he will have the Jayhawks playing good football in the near future. But fantastic fantastic performance by Coastal. They looked really good. I'm a little upset that they only went moved up one spot in the rankings after uh, a really, really good performance by, by them. Um, Grayson McCullough had two touchdown passes, went for 245. Um, he ran for one as well. Really, really good performance by him. Reese White, uh, three t- three rushing touchdowns in that game. He uh, he was named Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Week. And then uh, defensively, Coastal was just stout. It was it was really really fun to watch. A really really fun football game. Um, really enjoyed watching that. <clears throat> Some other games. Uh, I was able to watch the Oregon Ohio State game, and boy, did Oregon manhandle the Ohio State Buckeyes. They were in complete control of that football game. Complete control. Just, uh, I never, th- I never thought that would happen. Um, we all, we all know the stereotype of the Pac-12. We know the stereotype of the Big Ten, and you wouldn't have known by watching that. Now this no no fault to Ohio State quarterback CJ Stroud. He was fantastic in that football game. He played played his heart out, played a really, really good game. Um CJ Verdell was fantastic for Oregon. You gotta tip your hat to him. Great win for the Oregon program. Um the question that it leads is is Ohio State officially out of the college football playoff? I think if they run the run the table, win the Big Ten. I, I think they're obviously going to be right there. But now Oregon is the torchbearer for the Pac-12, as we saw from some of the other performances by the Pac-12 teams this past week. Um, Washington getting just dismantled at Michigan. And I picked Washington to win the Pac-12 at the beginning of the season. And I will be the first to admit that I was wrong about that. My goodness. And then I bashed Michigan. And I'm a big Michigan fan. 
and I bashed them to start the year. Took a whole episode doing it, but <laughs> but they look they look like a darn good football team so far. Um, really, really excited about that. Um, looking at some of the some of the other games on the schedule, Florida looked pretty dang good against South Florida. Um, Notre Dame in a struggle, an absolute struggle against Toledo. Now Toledo is good, offensively Toledo is very good, and uh, they they made Notre Dame's defense work. That's for sure. But uh, I think now we need to look at Notre Dame and say, well, is Notre Dame as good as we th- as we thought they are? Obviously, they play Florida State played up and when they played against them and played and rose to the occasion and played well, but. Are the Irish that good, really? We'll find out. Texas A&M against Colorado in Denver. 10-7, the Aggies win. I was on the train of picking Colorado to win that game, actually, and it almost happened. I, I'm I'm on the train of saying the Aggies are a bit overrated, but uh, time will tell, and we'll see. We'll see if they can rise up to the occasion. Love where Cincinnati's at right now. They... Struggled in the first half. It was 7-7 seven, seven at halftime against Murray State, but they ended up winning easily. But uh, it, it, Cincinnati's in a great spot now. Um, with Ohio State losing, they're ranked ahead of Ohio State. So that'll be really, 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 really interesting coming up. Um, next week they got Indiana, and then the, the next game after that they got uh, Notre Dame. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um Boston College went to UMass and won, but Boston College is my sleeper team coming coming into the year. Very, very sad to hear about uh, Phil Jerkovich's injury to his hand and that he's going to be out for the season. Um, hopefully he's able to redshirt and get back in 2022, and then Boston College could be a really, really team to look for in 2022 with that. Iowa going to Iowa State and just the the Iowa defense is phenomenal. Like Kirk Frentz and that defense, my goodness, like that is a that's a good football team. Now if they can just get some solid quarterback play, Iowa's got a real chance. Not only in the Big Ten but nationally with that de- with the defense at the level that they're playing at. Then you got to look at uh, Spencer Rattler had a great game. Obviously, they played against Western Carolina, but he came out. He did what he was supposed to do. Had a good game. Then you got to look at uh, Arkansas, Texas. Texas is back, folks, to being the same old Texas, the same old overrated Texas. I questioned if they could be middle of the pack in the SEC. Arkansas is middle of the pack in the SEC. And Arkansas destroyed them. It wasn't even close. And let's let's just be honest. That Arkansas team is probably going to get beat by four or five touchdowns against Alabama later in the year. So that that that, that has to have you worried if you're a Texas fan. Um, great win for Arkansas, obviously. Um, they they needed it for their program. Um, Miami against App State. App State had that game, lost it at the end. I was really, really hoping that they'd be able to pull that out for a good win for the Sun Belt, but wasn't meant to be. Um, then you got to talk about Mississippi State. Their defense phenomenal against NC State. NC State's run game is fantastic, and they held them in check. Like 
they did a really, really good job. I was really, really impressed looking at the stat line from that game. Um, then you got to look at, uh, how about James Blackman, the former Florida State quarterback, transferred to Arkansas State. They lost to Memphis in a shootout, 55-50, to but uh, he only played two quarters in the game, had 306 yards and four touchdowns in a loss, but still in two quarters, that is fantastic. Um, Kentucky beating Mizzou in a very, very good game, it looked like, that big game there. Uh, Sam Howell had a great game for North Carolina. Uh, Vanderbilt gets a W, good for them. BYU beating Utah, finally able to get that done. Good for Kalani Sataki in that program. But then the two the two games that you got to talk about from the weekend. First, I'll talk about Jacksonville State and the Hail Mary Miracle against Florida State. Florida State obviously played to the best of their abilities against Notre Dame. They played up. They knew the game was on national TV. They were ready to go. It's only human nature for young college kids when they're about to play an FCS opponent after that to like kind of ease off the gas. And boy, did Florida State ever do that. And they struggled. And Jacksonville State is a good FCS team. And they beat Florida State at Florida State. Just not, not good for that program. And you know Mike Norval will be on the, on the hot seat after that one. Rightfully, I don't know if it's right or not, but... I mean that's how this that's how this profession works. Um, I saw one of Florida State's offensive linemen pr- propose to his girlfriend. They got engaged after the game, and I saw Barstool like ripping them for that. And it's just like I'm not I'm not for that. Like guy got engaged. It's one of the happiest moments of his life. Was it the best time to do it? I don't know. But hey, don't rip the kid for doing something like that. Come on, be better. You're better than that. Maybe. <clears throat> then the other game you got to talk about, Stanford at USC. USC, the alleged favorite in the Pac-12 South. I never had them as the favorite, but they were for most. And they laid an absolute egg against Stanford, who, honestly, I didn't think they were going to be that good <laughs> this year. I thought that... I thought that Stanford would be a 500 football team just because they're well coached and they'd figure it out. Well, because of that terrible loss, Clay Helton, well, not just that loss for his tenure as well. Clay Helton was fired, was dismissed today from his position at USC. My thoughts on that from the USC perspective, I I understand that USC is looking to change leadership get uh get something else in there and i completely understand that um do i believe after one loss in conference play that you bail to me to me firing him after that game basically says our season is over we're freaking out we have to regroup we have to we have to do something drastic. How about instead of that, you regroup and fight for the rest of your season and try to make the Rose Bowl? How about you do that instead? Instead of overreacting a little bit, 
if you want to fire him at the end of the season, I totally get that. I totally get that. And it and it was and that would probably be the right move to make at that time. At this time, I just don't feel like it's the right move. I I think it's I'll use the analogy from watching the NFL games yesterday. Okay, the Packers, the Green Bay Packers looked really bad yesterday. Well, Aaron Rodgers looked terrible yesterday. Well, it has a lot to do with that he didn't practice and he didn't do anything in minicamp. He didn't do anything in preseason. He literally just showed up and played in the first game and just thought and maybe he just thought he could be the MVP Aaron Rodgers. Well, guess what? This is football. You got to practice and you got to play. You can't just show up and roll out there and and just dominate. I mean, Nick Saban gets on his guys in Alabama for that, and that's why Alabama's so great. That that I feel like that's the mindset you have to take, and that's the mindset I have with this Clay Helton firing. Is like, if you want to do it at the end of the year, I get it, I completely get it, but I just feel like doing it after a drastic loss like that. You're just using it as a scapegoat opportunity to just bail, and when. When, like I said, you need to just regroup, reload, and <clears throat> and uh, try and make it to the Rose Bowl, for goodness sake. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with USC the rest of the year. Obviously, there's a ton of talent on that roster. They got some really good receivers. They got a really good quarterback. I mean, there's t- they're loaded. We all know that. Um, but let's talk about Clay Helton for a second. His resume... Obviously, when he got the USC job, everybody we were all kind of shocked by that because he had never been a head coach before. Um, he was an assistant at Duke, an assistant at Houston, an assistant at Memphis, and then he was the assistant at USC until he worked his way up to interim on two different occasions, interim head coach on two different occasions there, and and then got the job. Now, Clay Helton has mostly east coast ties so something i've thought of today ever or this this afternoon this evening ever since that firing took place is what about that yukon position um obviously everybody uh, who's listened knows about my partnership with sidelines yukon um and i'm and i'm not just bringing this up because i have a good amount of UConn listeners that listen to my podcast. I'm bringing this up honestly, saying why why wouldn't why wouldn't he want that job? Uh, Edsel was getting 1.1, 1.25 million somewhere in that range to coach at a top 25 academic pro academic school um, with great facilities um, with with a lot there, really good facilities, a good a good stadium there's there's there is talent on the roster i mean why wouldn't why wouldn't somebody with some good experience like clay helton want that job get back on the east coast um and and build that program now obviously the person that takes the yukon job has to be extremely patient and know that they're not just going to win games right away that that job is obviously going to take a lot of time to to fix and get rolling but uh i i feel like it could be a good fit um if 
if Clay Helton is willing to put in the time and the patience that's going to be needed to win at that job um, and to be successful at that job. I definitely think it's a job he can be successful at. I definitely think it's a job that he can win and do some really, really good things. Um, obviously, he's he's going to be up for other jobs, obviously. I mean, you don't get the head coaching job at USC at Southern California without uh, without uh, knowing what you're doing, if, if you know what I mean. Like, I mean, obviously he's gonna he, he's he's gonna he's gonna have opportunities. Let's just say that. Um, one other thing I'd like to talk about: something I saw on Twitter that really really intrigued me. Um, some Sun Belt expansion rumors. Everybody kind of knows my uh, how much I love the Sun Belt. I love to talk about the Sun Belt. I love the conference. The Sun, Sun Belt conference is great. I really love the football that's played in that conference. But uh, there are some anonymous sources close to the decision makers that uh, say that they've been saying that uh, a move by James Madison, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss to the Sun Belt is highly likely. That would be really, really intriguing to me. Um, it, w- it would bring some great fan bases to the Sun Belt. It w- I think it'd be really, really cool to see in, in this scenario, if this happened, Troy would move to the West. Um, and the Sun Belt East would then be James Madison, Appalachian State, Marshall, Old Dominion, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, and Georgia State. That is a stacked division in that conference. James Madison uh, won a national title at the FCS level a couple years ago. They're really good. They have really good facilities that they've built. That team's ready to make the move up if they want. App State is the the torchbearer of that conference ever since they've come in. Now Coastal's kind of taken over in the past year, year and a half. But App State's the torchbearer there. If they add Marshall... Who, who has been the best team in Conference USA last year and into this year, I mean, the, the Sun Belt then becomes a huge, huge player. Old Dominion, that's that's a program that could be really, really good with the uh, with the recruiting ground that they have. Then Georgia Southern, Georgia State, I mean, the, you, you get, does it get better for recruiting? You're in Georgia, you can go into Florida, and then we've seen what Coastal's been able to do, and you can just listen to me talk about Coastal. Like, <clears throat> I I would get really really excited of a conference where the East would be James Madison, App State, Marshall, Old Dominion, Coastal, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and the West turns into Troy, Southern Miss. It would be Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana, Texas State. Um, that. that I, I just feel like that conference could just be really, really good if this was able to happen. Again, none of this is confirmed, obviously, but just just the talk of a uh, of seeing it excites me as a fan, but as someone who really loves and appreciates that conference, um, I, I, I that that excites me. I, I think I think that could be a ton of fun. If if that if that comes to if that happens if it is what, if it is what happens I think that'd be really really cool. Um, 
let me give you my reaction now. I've I've given you my reaction on Coastal. Um, talked about UConn a little bit. Obviously, the game against Purdue. Um, it is what it is. Um, I wanted to more so talk about potentially Clay Helton taking that job and what that would look like. And I, I think that, uh, I th like I said before, I think it would be a good, good fit. I want to talk a little bit about Michigan. I know I kind of discussed it a little bit already how maybe I had an overreaction to myself because one of the next things I'm going to talk about is overreacting to the top 25. But maybe I had an overreaction myself to the Michigan Wolverines coming into the season. I said they weren't going to make a bowl game. I said Jim Harbaugh should be fired. Now, granted, it's only two games, but this Michigan football team looks pretty good. Um, and I'll be the first to admit that that I uh, might be wrong on that one. Um, just like I was wrong about uh, Washington. Um, Michigan has looked really good. The running game at Michigan has looked fantastic. Michigan's issue, one of Michigan's many issues last year, was the physicality on the offensive and defensive lines. And so far in the first two weeks, that has been fixed. The offensive line has been unbelievable, opening holes. The running game has been great. And the defensive line, it hasn't just been Aiden Hutchinson. Like the whole the defensive line has played great as well. Um, so you got to tip your hat to coach harbaugh and the staff for what they've done there and uh they've made me excited now as a michigan fan i will say that um now the next thing i kind of want want to talk about is the overreaction a little bit to the top 25 uh i've said it before that i'm not a huge proponent or i don't like preseason polls i i understand why they're there and they're not going away like they're they're just not the preseason polls in my opinion sway voters into who are the best teams from the beginning it it, it makes it extremely difficult for not only the group of five teams but the power five teams that that aren't up in the rankings to start the year it makes it really really hard for them to move up and get to where they want to be to fight for a college football playoff spot now obviously iowa an example of iowa like beating two ranked teams now they're are they i believe they're top five now um obviously they've kind of earned that or like Oregon going to Ohio State and winning that game helps them rise up the rankings. But <clears throat> I, I think the thing that we that we need to focus in focus on is not overreacting to the top twenty five. I personally don't think a top twenty five should be released until the first week of October. If not week four, the last week of September. Um, that's just how I see it. I, I think we need to see these teams and see how good they are and see what they got until we can just say, I mean, I think we all would agree Alabama's the best team and Georgia's the second best team from what we've seen so far. But that could change. That could change very quickly. And we've seen that. Ohio State it obviously is not the third best team in college football right now. Maybe they will be by the end of the year. But they're just not um 
That's why I, I said some teams that were ranked to start the year, such as Texas, and I think Louisiana has proved that. They struggled against Nichols this past week. Like, maybe Louisiana isn't as good as we thought. Obviously, Notre Dame doesn't seem to be as good as we thought, and they're a top-10 team right now. Um, they just, I mean, don't I just don't feel like we should be overreacting to some of these teams this early in the season. Let it let's let it play out a little bit until we see. That's why I won't. I personally won't release my top twenty-five until after week four, going into October is when I will personally release my top twenty-five. I will try to be as unbiased as possible um, when it comes to that, and uh, would love to hear you guys' interaction to that. Um, so. Let's talk about a, a little bit about the the upcoming schedule this week. There's some good games on the docket this week. Um, Thursday, Thursday night, the first game, Ohio against Louisiana. When the when the season started, we kind of thought that was going to be a good uh, early season Group of Five matchup. But Ohio just lost a home to Duquesne, and then they got beat pretty good by Syracuse. So Ohio might not be as good as we thought, and Louisiana has struggled. They didn't look great against texas and they definitely struggled against Nichols. so that game's going to be very interesting to see <clears throat> then friday night you got ucf at louisville good opportunity for ucf to kind of show who they are and i think they will because i don't think louisville is very good maryland at illinois could be interesting on friday night um coastals at buffalo um then you got cincinnati at indiana this week Nebraska at Oklahoma, Virginia Tech at West Virginia, Michigan State at Miami, um, Minnesota at Colorado, Nevada's at Kansas State, Purdue at Nor Notre Dame. My UConn people, you guys play at Army. Enjoy, enjoy that. Uh, any UConn fans that are listening, enjoy that atmosphere. Um, it, <clears throat> I'm really excited for the opportunity to go to – to go to that venue in the future um just just what it means to be at that institution and what that institution obviously stands for um one of my past guests on the show uh steve hegel was at the game the western kentucky game this past saturday on september 11th and i can only imagine what that atmosphere was like on september 11th the, the army atmosphere in general is from what, the stories that you hear is second to none but then you go there on September 11th, and just how great that had to be. I, I can only imagine. Um, you look look back at the schedule. Probably the game of the week is Alabama at Florida. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Alabama's tested in that game. Um, Florida's looked pretty good, obviously, but they haven't played the top-notch level of, of uh, opponents yet, playing Florida Atlantic and then at South Florida, but still nonetheless i mean they've looked good yeah kent state at iowa kent state gave texas a&m a scare for a little while but iowa's looked so dang good these first couple weeks georgia tech at clemson tulsa at ohio state um florida state at wake forest can florida state not start 0 three that'll be that'll be interesting usc trying to bounce back at washington state that'll be really interesting to see Mississippi State at Memphis, two undefeated teams there. That'll be that'll be an interesting game. Um, 
than Arkansas State at Washington. Arkansas State can flat out score. So Washington could be in for a for a real doozy there. Um, South Carolina goes to Georgia. That the, that could get ugly. I, I I honestly could see it happening. Utah, San Diego State. San Diego State just beat Arizona. Can they get another Pac-12 win? Um, the the game of the night would be the nightcap Auburn at Penn State. That one will be re- it's obviously going to be loud in Happy Valley, so that'll be a lot of fun. Virginia at North Carolina. Virginia has an opportunity to make a statement there. That'll be really really interesting to see what happens there. Tulane at Ole Miss. Tulane has proven how good they are um, when they played at Oklahoma. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare against Ole Miss there. Oklahoma State at Boise State. That could be an interesting high scoring game. Another good game at night, Arizona State at BYU, two ranked teams. I think that'll be a really good game. Then one game, another game I'm intrigued about at night, Fresno State at UCLA. I think uh, Fresno State's only loss is a squeaker at Oregon. I watched them play against UConn. And, I mean, I know UConn's not the greatest, but that Fresno State team is really good. Really, really good football team. So UCLA is going to be in for a battle there. Um, looking forward to see how that one goes. Um, <clears throat> it'll be really, really interesting to see. I think there could be. I think there's going to be some games this week that could that could catch people off guard. It'll be really, really interesting. So again, kind of summarize this episode. Really, really intrigued and questioning the USC decision to fire Clay Helton at this time and just to see the direction that that program has right now at this time um, it'd be interesting to see what happens there from here on out <clears throat> I I will say I, I do believe I mean, obviously, it's a passionate fan base, but I think there are some schools that hold themselves to a standard that might be too hard to reach now. Um, USC, Texas come to mind when it comes to that. Obviously, Nebraska, obviously great traditions, but recently have not been at the level that the fan base wants them to be at. Um and I think Alabama's dominance and the SEC's dominance has really played a huge role in that, um, making it difficult for some of these schools um, to get certain players and do what they need to do. But uh, Notre Dame also comes to mind a little bit there, but Notre Dame has played in multiple championship games so that so at least they've been able to do that um but i don't want to overreact in that situation either myself because i i think i think every program has that opportunity to rise up to that level and to be able to uh to be able to get to where they were so again, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, feel free, follow, give a give the uh, Twitter account for the podcast a follow 
at TNT College Foot One, or me personally at Coach under at Coach underscore B Will. Um, really, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a good night. Uh, God bless everyone. Hello again. This is Bobby Wilson from the TNT College Football Podcast. Just wanted to add a little something to my to this episode. I wanted to talk about the USC head coaching vacancy and who are some of the names in play who I think uh, make sense and would be would be guys that they would look for or look at. Um, I think the top five current head coaching candidates that they would look at. Um, I'm going to start off with somebody who probably wouldn't take it, but I think Mario Cristobal at Oregon with what he just did, I think he's somebody that they got to look at and give a call. Um, I think he would say no personally. I think the Oregon job is a better job. Um, I just think there's more, more in play there. Um, Obviously, Oregon gets fantastic recruits because of Phil Knight and Nike and what everything that that, that institution is able to do there. Um, someone else, I think, who will definitely get a call, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Personally, I think the only job that he will leave Cincinnati for is Ohio State. Um, if Ryan Day ever loses that job at Ohio State or if he ever leaves or something else, that might, and that might be another guy who USC might call maybe. Um, Ryan Day from Ohio State. Um, if Ryan Day feels like his seat's getting hot, maybe, which I wouldn't see why that would be the case, but um, he might be a guy who you would look at. James Franklin at Penn State, I think, is somebody who you look at because of the charisma that he has. And um, I think he kind of fits the bill of what they might be looking for. Obviously, the name that everybody is talking about as Urban Meyer. Um, I am such a, I dislike Urban Meyer so much that I don't even want to discuss him because I, I just think he's, I just don't think he's a good person. Um, I think, I think everything that's unraveled um, in his previous coaching stints and things that have been found out during his coaching, during his time coaching at those schools and after he's left, um, I, I don't even want to waste my time talking about him. I think he's a self, self-absorbed, egotistical maniac. Um, however, um, <clears throat> one assistant coach who I really, really think that they should talk to, is, and I'm shocked it hasn't gotten a job. I'm sure he's been offered many jobs, but he's just said no. Brett Venables from Clemson. Obviously, he's a top-notch coordinator, the best, uh, probably the best in the game. And uh, somebody who definitely deserves a head coaching job. But I will say USC needs to hire a football coach who is both Hollywood and hardworking. Um, I think I think Hollywood is what that program represents and really what that the major part of that fan base is is the Hollywood people. They come out and support that fan base when they're good. I think that's what they need to look for. And I think the number one person that fits that bill that they could get is, 
and people might be blown away by what I think about this, P.J. Fleck at Minnesota. I think P.J. Fleck is he's obviously extremely hardworking. We know that from his previous stints at Western Michigan and, and uh, right now at Minnesota. I know he's got a bad rap in some, some coaching communities for his for some of his ethical decisions, but uh, from a football coaching perspective, and obviously, obviously he's top notch. I mean, he <clears throat> obviously is a very, very good football coach, a great motivator, um, and and he has that persona, that Hollywood persona that I think that that fan base would be attracted to, and that's why I think that he really could be a a good. F- a good hire there um, just because he kind of fits that bill. And I think that's the type of person that they need to get. Obviously Clay Helton isn't that guy. and He never was that guy and he never was going to be that guy. Um, that's why I think they need to hire somebody like that, that uh, just attracts the fan base and not only attracts the fan base, but it's going to work extremely hard to get that program back to where they need to be and where they should be. Obviously, college football is better when USC is good. So as college football fans, we all want that. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys have a good night. God bless.